You're listening to This Is Yoga Therapy. I'm your host, Michelle Lawrence, and I've had the opportunity to interview many of those who are making a difference at the intersections of yoga and health. And I'm here to share with you their stories and conversations. Thanks for listening. In today's episode, I interviewed Natasha Aldridge. Natasha is the CEO and the wearer of many hats for the Yoga Therapy Library, YTL, which is a new type of sequence builder that brings therapeutic focus and accessibility to the forefront. And we're here today to talk about the origin of the library, who it's designed for, how it's being used today, and the potential that it holds for listeners you all to our podcast, because we know so many of you are yoga teachers and yoga therapists. So it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast here today, Natasha. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Michelle. So some of our listeners may be familiar with Sundari Yoga Therapy and the Trauma-Informed Yoga Therapy Program. And as such, some of our listeners may also be familiar with your mom, who is Genevieve Yellen, as the founder of Sundara and TIYT. And she's who I learned about the Yoga Therapy Library from. And here's what I understand about the origin of the library is that the idea arose when your mom needed some images for her teaching materials, and she asked you to pose for a few photos. But can you tell us more about how it got started, and especially how it evolved from being a few photos of you to a library of images depicting individuals of all sizes and ages and mobility levels and ethnic backgrounds, and into an ever-expanding tool for the yoga professional? Yeah, sure. So... It is funny. My mom and stepdad actually originally wanted to create this back when she first started taking these photos. They kind of had this idea. And that was so long ago. I'm 33. This was back in my late teens, early 20s. But, you know, due to life and work, they weren't really able to start on it until the last few years. But my mom has been in the yoga therapy field for 25 plus years. And most of her work has all predominantly been in collaboration with like nonprofits, hospitals, rehab centers, and federally qualified health centers. So she actually still works with People's Community Clinic in Austin. And the thing she found when she was creating these resources and or looking for others online to use with her clients is a lot of the resources, even the ones she was creating with just photos of me, were representative of her clients. A lot of the people that she was working with were from different ethnic backgrounds, like you said, different body types, different ages, mobility challenges, also working with like a lot of Spanish-speaking communities. So it's just cultural relational theory, which I'm sure you know, it emphasizes the importance of like a cultural context and representation, especially in therapeutic relationships, is such a big cornerstone of her work with TIYT. And, you know, a lot of the teachers that she hires and mentors also were of different backgrounds or different ages. So she really wanted to create kind of this database and this tool that both the professional and the students or the clients who are receiving these resources can kind of find a representation of themselves in these tools and resources that they have. So that's, you know, a big important part of the yoga community because for a while there, a lot of communities were highly underrepresented. So we're trying to just do the little bit that we can to help. Yeah. I mean, it's really important and kind of groundbreaking too. I mean, 
Like it really isn't up until the last couple of years where you could even find a stock photo if you put in yoga, right? That wasn't a skinny young white woman that barely had any clothes on. Exactly. And so it was kind of funny because at the time there wasn't really any sequence builders and the one or two that were out there were their little avatar was a skinny white woman brunette with a bun on her head. And a lot of the pictures that she took is me when I was 19 and I was a skinny white woman with a brunette bun on my head. So we're like, we need to, we need to move on past this and get something else in line. So, right. So the images became drawings, right? And we were just talking a little bit before we even got on the podcast here about the person responsible for the art and the avatar. So let's talk about that. So you were sort of like model number one, but now we have all these different avatars that are hand-drawn depicting lots of different kinds of folks. Who created these? So when my mom and stepdad were originally kind of trying to start building this like seven or eight years ago, they hired a few different artists, but were having problems with either consistent quality or a consistent look. Like they were all supposed to represent the same avatar, but it would look different depending on the pose, if that made sense. So when I got involved, I brought in a friend of mine that I had met in college and she actually lives out in LA with me, um, not with me, but you know, we both live here. And so I was kind of telling her about what I do and she's looking for different work. She was originally an illustrator for um, either graphic novels or like anime, actually. So it was a different style, but she's like, well, let me draw a few things for you and, and see. And so she came on as our artist and she took, obviously we had a big um, library of these photos of my young self that she could create one of the avatars from. So there is an avatar named Natasha. I didn't name her that, but it is pictures of me that were created it. But then we also took those, we took some images of a colleague of my mother's whose name is Tamika, and she was a young black woman. And then another friend of mine who is a young Asian woman, her name is Lynn. And so we kind of took those images and started creating these avatars. And since then, we have male avatars, and we're constantly trying to build out our pose image library and our avatar library. Unfortunately, because all of these are hand-drawn, which we feel is important, one for accuracy and the ability to tweak what we need to as far as showing technique, but also just staying really loyal to the creative community because I originally come from a creative background. The one unique problem with having so many avatars is that our poor artist has to hand-draw the entire pose library within every single avatar that we create. So it does, you know, we are trying to build it up as fast as we can, but, you know, we are a very small family business. It's pretty much just us. So it is growing, but all of our avatars are based on real people. We either know and love and have their permission to use their image. And one thing we are trying to do too is stay true to that person. So one of our avatars, Rosa, is based on a real woman of a Latina background who has knee issues. So she's actually like our main chair avatar. And we don't really draw any poses that Rosa wouldn't really do herself, if that makes sense. So we're trying to build out her library, but we are trying to show that everybody can create their own yoga practice and it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. That's so cool. So 
with that sort of basis of understanding in mind, let's give our listeners a bit of insight into how the sequence builder aspect of the library works. So first the users select an avatar and next they would choose a series of, of yoga poses or pose variations. And when I say poses, there's mudras in there too. And then lastly, they can share the sequence with their students or for themselves or clients via email There's or a QR code or a personalized link. So just making sure I got that right and how that actually works from the user perspective. Yeah. So you got that exactly right. So we, we have two tiers of functionality and really the functionality pretty much works the same. It's just like the outputs at the end. We have a basic tier, which we find a lot of teachers, they just want to make good, thorough, but simple PDF sequences to either hand to their clients or as you said, send digitally. And so And then we have a premium tier, which allows a video playback, which I'll get a little bit more into in a second. But the process is the same for the building. They get on, you know, they choose their avatar, they choose their poses. Like you said, we also have uh, mudras, a lot of different pose variations. We have some somatic exercises and some dynamic pose images as well. So they choose that. They set timing options, you know, whether they want to go by breath count or just general timing seconds. And then queuing text. We do have a default queuing text for each pose just kind of to build off of. If people want, they can then edit it to fit within their sequence. Or people can start from scratch or they don't have to include queuing text at all. And then they can export it as a PDF. There's a few PDF settings like how many images per page, etc. Or in the premium option, as I mentioned, the video slideshow, it's kind of a neat thing. It's for... Teachers who often, or therapists, yoga therapy is pretty common to need to make a video for your client so you can give verbal cues or show really specific techniques. But a lot of therapists and yoga teachers don't actually either like being on camera or they find like an editing process kind of cumbersome. So we have this video slideshow where it will play through all the poses based on all your timing settings and it has a text-to-speech narration. So any verbal cues they want to give They can write in, set the timing for it, and then they have a choice of like five to six voices they can choose from that will read it as it plays back. So it's perfect for people who don't want to make their own videos but need videos. And we've also, something we didn't really think about when we were making it, but we've heard a lot of great feedback on is teachers who do use the video playback option, a lot of them have base sequences they like to use with certain types of clients or for certain types of classes, but they need to tweak it for multiple people, which when they were doing videos, they kind of have to refilm a lot of the same stuff and just tweak it every time. Whereas we have the ability on our sequence builder to duplicate a sequence so they can create the base sequence, duplicate it as many times as they need, and just add in the one or two tweaks they need to make rather than either completely re-editing a video or filming it all over again. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. And I mean, I can see how useful this can be for yoga therapists as a way to convey and share the yoga therapy plans with their clients. It's easy, it's simple, it's accessible, it's representative. And, you know, because of those things, like we're always looking for ways that we can actually get our clients to do the yoga when we're not there. And so I, I feel like it's really empowering in that way as well. And so I hadn't known about that 
sort of application you just described about making multiple videos and then maybe versioning it multiple times. Any other cool applications that you've seen the sequence builder being used for? Yeah. Like you said, I mean, a big part of this was is trying to get the clients to do the work in between. So there's been some pretty neat ones. All the QR codes or URL links, when a teacher shares them, they live forever on that personalized link. So it's neat because our users can use our sequences and share them in their work. And if they put it in a public place, they can basically share this free resource and this free sequence very easily once it's already created. So one kind of neat story is, you know, my mother was working at an inpatient substance use disorder recovery center, and she likes to stay connected with the graduates, depending on the comfort level and what's allowed ethically by by that point. But she visits the sober houses and the AA meetings at a sober living event. A former client came up to her and showed her a sequence she found on the internet from a network that my mom didn't know about, but it was actually a YTL sequence that the the person, so it was kind of neat. We're like, we're very happy. It's getting out to the people who need it most in a way that we created. But, you know, even just within the functionality itself, we had a teacher who would print out the QR code and kind of blow it up big and then put it up at the front of the class so that the students could all scan it with their phone and redo the sequence that she had just done in between. So people are so creative in finding ways to share. We're just trying to make sure that we give them the tools to do so. Right. I mean, I just like as we're talking here, I'm thinking about ways that I could have or could use it. You know, sometimes I'll go to big events where they want to do you know, a 15 minute chair yoga sequence as part of their conference for the day or whatever. Maybe I'm thinking about a group of nonprofits that came together here in my community and it was like a workplace wellness kind of thing. I can go in there and teach the sequence. And of course they wanted like some kind of resource so that they could do it back in the office. Like this would have been a great way for me to just hand it out. I, I had a video recording of something similar ish, you know, but of course it's not them. It's in a studio, et cetera. But, and then also, so that could have been a great resource, but also it's like people are always looking to put content on their site, right? So if you're a yoga teacher or yoga therapist, you want some degree of free content on your site. So you can have a few sequences that you might normally teach that you've generated in the YTL. And that is just like a really beautiful draw for people to understand more like what a practice might look like if they work with you. Yeah, exactly. We, one of our testers actually, she had written in for a support question, just a a tech question, but we got to talking and she's a yoga therapist and she's kind of retired now, but she still wants to have her site up and active and you know, be able to reach clients that she's worked with before. And so she's actually creating a bunch of these and putting all the links up on her site. So people that she's no longer working with just because she wants to retire, um, they're still able to come get new content from her. So yeah, that's great. And I hope people listening today are like, Oh, I want to do that too. Well, you can, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not stealing, right? right? It's not like you're taking somebody else's thing. This is for you to utilize in that way to share. Exactly. In the spirit of making yoga and yoga therapy really accessible. So that's awesome. 
So in addition to the sequence builder, so that's like what we've been talking about, there's other sections of the site. And one is also the pose encyclopedia. Yeah. So let's talk about that next. And then there's a third part, and that's the resources section. Actually, feel free to talk about either one of those other sections next, either the encyclopedia of poses or the resources. What, what can we find in those places? So I'll talk about the Pose Encyclopedia first because that's available to members. We are hoping to make a a public facing, like a smaller version of the, you know, a little more of a less digital footprint for us as far as development goes. That's more public facing. But for our users, not only do they get the sequence builder, but they're able full access to the Pose Encyclopedia. And so that's really just a deep dive into each pose or, you know, somatic exercise, what have you. So it includes the Sanskrit name. We also are very, we really try to prioritize making sure that like any symbolism or cultural notes or, you know, insight is available there as well. We categorize all of our poses, you know, like core strength or balance. But within that too, if there's a category, quote unquote, that's technically also like a medical consideration, like knee safety, they can click on the category and it will take them over to an article about that particular medical consideration so people can read a little bit more. Then we also have like, you know, potential mudras or affirmations that they can try to incorporate if they'd like to. We have, you know, an idea on basic cueing text, but then one that's very specific to our brand. And YTL is for yoga enthusiasts and professionals of all backgrounds. It doesn't have to be therapy, but of course we were built by yoga therapists. So we're going to go through a therapeutic filter a little bit is the potential reaction scale. So this is something that from my mom's work and her collective that she's created through TIYT over the last 20 years, it's all of their feedback on the reactions that they'd see for different poses. So there's some poses that are very common that there's nothing wrong with the pose, but they've just noticed through doing this yoga therapy work that people tend to be a little bit more reactive, like happy baby pose. So we have all of that. We have a yoga a potential reaction scale from one to five, and it's not really noticeable reactions very often to this is a pose you want to be a little bit careful about. And we kind of go into why. Mm-hmm. So comprehensive to include all that. Really well done. Thank you. Yeah, we try to be very educational without also being, I guess, preachy for lack of a better term. But also, you know, sometimes when you give a ton of information, people can take it and think they understand it a little bit more than they do. So we try to be careful with what information we provide because we'd rather them go to a program like yours, you know, or my mom's or something like that. So... Plus, I mean, yoga and yoga therapy is so individualized and what lands for someone some way doesn't mean it's going to land for another person the other way. So you have to be careful about that, right? And you don't want to place in there something that isn't inherent to the position of the yoga, but just the possibility, right? To think about the potential reaction, I think is a great way, just instead of saying like, never do this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really wise. So that's the Pose Encyclopedia. And then there is the resources section. Yeah. So the resources section is, for the most part, it's all publicly available. Um, this is just an area of the site that we want to 
provide as many educational resources as we can for the yoga community. So it's kind of a mixed bag and we're always kind of chasing what our subscribers or the regular visitors are wanting to hear from us. We really like to highlight a lot of the philosophical teachings of yoga and, you know, the ancient text, because a lot of that's kind of pushed aside or dismissed in modern day yoga, but at least in the United States. But, you know, it's pretty central to what makes yoga so transformative and universal. But also, you know, we'll do deep dives on technique or a specific pose and when you may want to use it. So we really try to just stay as open as possible to what the community is needing to learn about or wanting to learn about. We also talk a lot about like different clinical applications, etc. So if anybody has any suggestions, they're welcome to write into us and let us know. Yeah, that's awesome. And I bet you you'll hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is great, which is what you want. To add to that, um, my mom does write some of these articles. We've also gotten articles from a lot of other professionals or have permission to share. But I think this is a good time to mention that we do have a very large advisory board from very experienced professionals from all different types of backgrounds and yogic backgrounds. And so everything that we do is kind of peer reviewed and or like from different perspectives. So we never want it to just be, you know, Genevieve Yo and TIYT perspective. It's from the yoga community as a whole, hopefully, is what we're trying to achieve. That's great. So I'd love to hear any of your personal stories really on how building this library and working in your role has helped you expand the practice and accessibility of yoga into your own life too. And, and just really what has this brought to your life, this building and this sharing of this tremendous resource? It was kind of neat approaching this. As I said before, I come from a creative background. I've done like a million and 52 jobs, but I do have the unique perspective of at least somebody with my background, the way I grew up. Not many people I knew had yoga in their life from such a young age, but I did. So yoga's kind of always been part of my life um, in a way that I didn't like discover it later, like a lot of, you know, people I know now have. So it was kind of interesting because it's something I've always done. Um, I affectionately will say that like, it was always kind of nice having my mom therapize me, which was the word I made up for it whenever needed in high school. And in college, actually, I went to acting school originally. And one of our semesters for our movement class, they actually had us do yoga. So I had to do yoga too in, in college. And it's kind of always been something I've done, but I've never actually had a direct hand in working in it unless it was, you know, helping out at my mom's studio or helping out with the program in some way, even though I'm very familiar with the field. But I got really burnt out in my film career. And so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And my mom's like, I'm so behind. I need organization. Do you want to help? And so I was just doing it just to help her for a little bit. But then I really, st I was working mainly with her nonprofit and I was really loving it. And then her and my stepdad, who's like another father to me, he's uh, very important to me. They were like, hey, we've kind of been wanting to create this and we've been working on it. And you're so good at like the administrative, basically wear many hats title. Do you want to really do this with us? So we did that. Unfortunately, my stepdad passed away in 2020 and it was before we were able to get this out. And it was actually only like halfway done. And my mom and I didn't know if we wanted to continue it, not only because we felt like it was needed, but also it was just such like a important thing to honor my stepdad. And so 
his best friend, actually, Greg Gata, kind of stepped in just to help us because him and my stepdad both came from a techie corporate background. So they understood some more of the side of the business my mom and I weren't as familiar with. Um, and he kind of took it on as a passion project to honor Bob as well. So it's, I think the big passion for me is, is not only getting able to go back to these roots of yoga that I've had since I was a child, but also like the collaborative, like very heart led portion of it, if that makes sense. We're a very small business, very family oriented. And our big thing is connecting with people and with users. Yeah. It's awesome. And I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. And what an honoring of Bob's life, right? And yeah, just an amazing thing to bring to fruition and to come together on and and also with his best friend to having that level of support to take it into the world too is really great. So how can people learn more? Like, how is it priced? You mentioned tiers. Where do they sign up? I'll share these all in the show notes, but if you could talk us through that now, that'd be great. Yeah. So I described our tiers. We have, you know, basic and premium. Basic is $7.95 a month. Premium is $10.95 a month. And then we also have annual options for both, you know, where it's a little bit discounted for paying all at once. And then they can go to www.yogatherapylibrary.com. And up there, you know, we have a few landing pages that describe the tool a little bit more so people can read before they commit and then it's a pretty easy subscription process from there. So, And there's a free trial too, right? There is. Yeah, there's a one-week free trial. You can cancel at any time. And you won't be charged until the end of that trial. So you have a set full seven days. And like I said, even for people who this may not be possible for right now or they're still on the fence, they're always still welcome to come to our resources page. We have one of your videos up there right now, actually. <laughs> I saw that when I was looking around a bit yesterday. Awesome. Well... Thank you so much. I hope this inspires our listeners to check it out and use it and share it because that's what it's there for. I just really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks so much for sharing today, Natasha. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle. It was fun. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, visit us at innerpeaceyogatherapy.com.